0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 17 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji, Sentai, Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jane. with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing
1: pretty well, man. It's brisk out, which is like, that is the, the number one. The number one weather. Balmy is a close second. Yeah. Brisk is number one weather. Balmy is a close second. Uh, But brisk is number one. It was
0: 73, I think, when I went to go take a walk after work, which I will talk about in a minute. Crushing Uh, it. Love it. So good. Which is weird because I understand that there are like record heats uh, on the West Coast. And I feel badly for those people. But uh, at this moment, weather is very good in Cleveland. And that happens not every day. So you got to really soak it in.
1: Yeah, it's, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. that's true, that's true You know what else is great to soak in, Dave? Is episode 17 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger It is called Too Cool, the Awesome Super Miku uh, Oh man, few, this was such a good episode Very good, for a number of reasons But of course, before we get into that, Dave As always, there is our officially award-winning opening segment Dave Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars What is our first star of the week? Matt, our first star of the week
1: Is that isolation, Matt Isolation never changes. It's isolation update.
0: Isolation update. So Dave, how has your isolation been? And it's
1: um I mean it's still
0: going. It's
1: still going. Things are uh, about to get a lot crazier for me because the school year is starting up. So my first day is Thursday, and I still don't know what the school schedule is going to be as far as like how we're interacting with our students. Definitely,
0: uh, there have been a lot of proposals for for reference. But as we record this, it is Tuesday night. Yup. Yup, yup, yup. Now, I should say,
1: uh, my first day is Thursday, and then we actually have scheduled into this year. Normally, there's like two days where we're doing stuff, and then the students will show up. We've actually scheduled in a full extra week oh, of Oh,
0: okay. So you're not starting teacher with work. students this week.
1: That's correct. That's correct. But it still would be nice to know like oh, exactly sure. what's happening uh probably what it'll be is like there will be a requirement for like some face-to-face via like google meet or something and then some days of the week it'll just be like do assignments kind of at, at your own at your own pace and sort of like check in check in here and there so it's just you know uh things are about to get pretty wild for me i'm about to go to go back to work in like a very strange way. I know I talked like at the beginning of summer about the, the weird anticipation of doing this, that like there's been no evolving scenario. Like it just stopped and then it starts again and you're just like in it. It's always very, it's always very weird. But other than that, man, the isolation is going, it's going fine. Like I take really long walks almost every day with the kids and uh, I've been working out and I, I made myself some weights out of PVC and cement, and that was very satisfying. Oh yeah, you mentioned
0: that the other week. Did those I work did. out okay? I did. Yeah, they they worked out great. They are. Do you have any just, sense as to how heavy they are?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're in like they're like around five-ish
0: pounds, okay. something like so that. Like just heavy enough to move around.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've been using water bottles, <laughs> which are only about which are only about two and a half pounds, and which which uh, does not seem like a lot of weight, but the the exercises that you do with them, like this routine that I do is almost all body weight. Uh, just so the exercises you do with these weights are like very specific muscle groups and they're not big muscle groups. Like it's all like shoulder, like just your shoulder work. And so uh, it doesn't take a lot of weight for it to actually get fairly tiring pretty quickly. But other than that, you know, it's, it's it's going good, man. I'm about to ah, oh, I'm about to crack 200 pounds, which I thought I had done before. And then it turns out I had a real broken scale, but now I'm about to really do it, and that feels very good.
0: Oh, dude. Uh, I what? I mean, I mentioned this a while ago, but I have sort of accidentally lost weight this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I, I yeah. mentioned on Twitter that like. Uh, it, it feels like I've wasted a lot of time trying to lose weight by like changing my diet and exercise When it all it really took was constantly vibrating with rage and anxiety for five months To just really just yeah. like it
1: burns a ton of calories Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah um, It really does Yeah, it's, man, it's a weird year I feel like whatever everybody's bodies look like at the end of this year Like when you see people you haven't seen in a long time Just be kind to whatever happened to them <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to be appropriately celebratory if it... Yeah, like, listen, everybody's on their own corn journey, and you just meet people where they're at, man. You can meet them with joy, or just meet them them where they're at, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, just be... Let's all be cool. Let's all be cool. The world is hard enough and crummy enough right now.
0: But you know what, Dave? I went on... Speaking of long walks, I went on... It wasn't just a long walk... It was one of those good walks today. Mm, like, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. how sometimes you go out for a walk and just like... One of the really rare ones. Yeah, like it just completely changes the mood of the entire day.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still... I've got like a top three walks.
0: Yeah. And I, I've mentioned wa- specific walks on here before. Um, but to, man, today's walk... Okay, so I went out for a walk. It was like 7.30, right? Love it. And... Uh, the The time of year it is means that now 7.30 is in sort of like that golden hour of sunlight, right? Where like everything just looks as good as it possibly can. Like the sun is low in the sky, but it's not sunset yet. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just, yes, of course I do. So I'm into it. It's the best. So it was like around that time. Like I said, it was like 73 degrees, slight breeze, little brisk. I was out for a walk and I live on the west side of the city, right? So that means yes, when I am you mentioned. when I'm walking towards like Edgewater Park and like towards the city, that means the sun is setting behind me as opposed to setting behind the city. So I get to see like the reflection of the sun of the sunset on the lake and the city as I'm walking instead of seeing it sort of happen behind. Which is a really like the sun was hitting like the trees of the park and the water of the lake and like the blue of the sky in this very specific way. And I was listening to like this one Hollow Note song on a loop, and it was just like mm. like it like walks do not get better than that. There were just enough people outside that it felt like I lived in a world with people in it, which was great, but not so many people that I had to like keep changing the side of the road that I was walking on. To like get, keep away yeah, from. Yeah, sounds him. like
1: this sounds like a killer walk, my dude. This sounds this like a very very, very ideal good walk. walk.
0: Yeah, some, I'm some very for you good. That you post- have such a walk, walk energy going on right now. Anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? Man, our
1: second star of the week, it's Bun Vulcan. Welcome. To Bun Vulcan. Now, Matt, you put Bun Vulcan up here again, so I am assuming you've got some some baking-oriented... I
0: do, I do, yeah. Updates, I'm, hit I, me. I would be surprised if you didn't also. Do you not? No, I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: I do, but I didn't put it on. Normally, I'm like, let's put it on because I did a thing, Okay, so which I, t- I did
0: do. So I tried a new bread this week. Love it. Um, it is an English bloomer loaf. I've never even heard
1: of this. Okay, so basically it's white bread. Now in England, bloomers can also refer to your underpants. Man, I I genuinely
0: don't know which it is. The idea of it is that it's basically a white bread loaf, just like a pretty standard sandwich loaf, except that you don't put it in a loaf pan. So like it's kind of, it's sort of like a self contained, like, oval loaf, but you make it like white bread that would normally have to be put in a loaf. It's very similar all right. to other bread doughs I've done, except that, A, you can kind of do it all in one day pretty easily. It only takes a couple hours. And B... Now, what is the... I'm assuming that there is, like,
1: some sort of notable difference. Like, is it crustier? Is it...
0: Like, what's going crusty. on? Is there... It is less oh, crusty. Really? Yeah. The the outside of it is pretty soft. The inside of it is like soft, but dense. Like, okay. it's not airy, but it is soft. Um, it's basically like a regular, you know, like salt, flour, yeast, water, but it also yeah, includes yeah, yeah. a couple of tablespoons of olive oil into the dough. Interesting. So it's an enriched dough. It's an enriched dough. I actually pulled out my crummy little stand mixer for it to like keep it in the mixer to really ten, yeah to like keep it in the mixer for 10 yeah because you
1: really got to beat the heck out of it and that's I, awesome I, so it turned out
0: well I guess it turned so. out pretty well it ended up a little more like flat and circular as opposed to like tall and oval than i was hoping but here's the real reason okay. i wanted to bring it up is the recipe that i got it from was a youtube video from a guy i have been watching a ton of youtube videos from he's this retired english chef named john kirkwood I'm already, uh, that's a great name uh, He is a retired English chef From the north of England in the UK As he says at the top of every one of his videos And he just seems like This soft spoken sweet old man And all of his recipes Are either like Cool baking stuff Or just like here's how you make a mince pie Like here is how you make Like a scotch egg It's all great bread recipes And like super like stereotypical english foods and the it's they are extremely pleasant to watch if you're looking for some pleasant british instructional baking videos which sounds very very specific but i know that that's something people want because it's something i want i was gonna say why are you even asking if i want that yeah of course i want that matt he's an old dude and he's got a patreon and i don't know how many people follow him but he does like patreon shout out in like this wonderful soft english voice it's i uh, i love it so much definitely check yeah, out John okay Kirkwood. yeah
1: no i am already matt i just subscribed i've not even seen a single one of this dude's videos but he's got my subscription uh anyway dave what is your bun vulcan update of the week oh okay so here's my bun vulcan update i did a second round of that chai flavored cake mm. and it turned out okay and I was like, man, there's something still wrong with this. And I was talking with uh, Beth, who has, and I think I've talked about this before, how she has more just like a general baking knowledge than I yes. do. And she was like, Especially well, with something like cakes. Yeah. And I she so makes very I was like, cake. man, this cake still seems like kind of dry and a little tough. And it's supposed to be, and like the baking times are off by like a lot. And Genoese is supposed to be like super like uh, fine, like a super fine cake. I wonder what I'm doing wrong. And she said, well, like, let's kind of talk through it. So I talked through it. And the recipe calls for 10 uh, grams of vanilla extract. And I didn't have that. And so I was using dry spices because I was making a spice cake rather than a vanilla cake. Well, Mm. the difference is, is that vanilla extract is a liquid and I was using dry spices. So the flavor was very good, but I had effectively a 20 gram swing of of wet to dry.
0: Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So my hydration levels on this cake were all off. So third round, here's what I did is I made my own chai extract. Okay. I just got, yeah, I just got some chai bag, chai tea bags. And I had some crummy vodka around that Beth was using for canning. So I just stuck them in there like overnight, like 24 hours. And it got like a great chai flavor. And I put that in instead of vanilla extract, and the recipe does call for a little bit of potato starch. So I subtracted, I still put in some dry spices, but I subtracted out of the potato starch the the same weight.
0: Like the volume of that spices. you were adding in dry spice?
1: Precisely. Uh, it's, I do it by weight, but yes. Yeah, exactly. And I did it and it turned out, per, the cooking time was still way off. He says 30 to 35 minutes. My cake was done in like 22. I still don't know why. But there you have hey, it. Whatever, man. Uh it did turn out great. Here was the only problem though. I did an American buttercream, which is just butter and, and powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious, but it's kind of a dense frosting.
0: Yeah.
1: And for my previous cakes it was fine, because the cake was a little bit dry.
0: Oh, I see. And what a you're little
1: but now I had this like beautiful delicate sponge, and I wasn't thinking about it, and I did an American buttercream, and I kind of tore the cake up. and just like crushed bit, tried, it. I <laughs> yeah, tried to frost it, so I think uh, I'll try it again, and I'm gonna try like maybe an Italian buttercream, which is like meringue based, or maybe I'll just do like whipped cream or something. But anyways, uh, it turned out really well, and that is my bun Vulcan update. Nice. What? Yeah, Matt. He is our third star of the week.
0: Dave, I watched a movie I really liked. That's which great. It was a great experience. Oh, cool. Uh, I watched the new movie that is on Hulu called Palm Springs. Have oh, you yeah. you seen this movie? I did see this movie. It was extremely good. Okay. It's extremely well, Andy good. Great. Okay. Andy great. Andy
1: Samberg is great in basically everything.
0: Okay. And specifically, I don't think there is a bad Lonely Island movie... And not only do I think they're all good, I think that they are all good in ways that people do not give them credit for. Like, Popstar? Popstar is, like, a legit good movie that people blew off. Yeah, they
1: did. And it is actually a very good movie. I liked it a lot.
0: But I want to talk about Palm Springs because I think... Okay, there's going to be some spoilers for this movie because it's been out for a few weeks and I want to talk about a few specific things. I think the way this movie is structured is really interesting and, like... Like, super effective. Right? Okay, so Palm Springs is a time Mm -hmm. loop movie, right? It's like a groundhog day. Yes. I have only
1: one problem with, with Palm Springs, but go ahead.
0: Okay. But it does a clever thing with the structure, which is that it's not one person going through the time loop. It's two people going through the time loop. Or three, kind of, but mostly two, right? Yeah. And the thing that that does... Oh, and, like, you don't realize it until, like, I don't know, 15 minutes into the movie... But um, Andy Samberg's character has already been in the time loop for, like, forever. Yeah, like... like, like it's never clear as to how long it's been exactly, but if... It like, is not. But it is very... It is obviously, like... It is easy to believe that it has been at minimum years.
1: Oh, I was about to say that it seems to me to have been at minimum... Like, decades. Maybe, like, hundreds of years. Yeah. Potentially.
0: Yeah. But, like, we get very little look at what his journey was. But, like, 15 minutes into it, the uh, Sarah character, played by Christina Mialotti. Mialotti? I am not looking at it right now. Anyway, um, she's very good. She was in the last season of How I Met Your Mother, which I never watched. But I looked her up on IMDb for, like, some context. Um, She's super great in it. And she, like, enters the time loop. And what that does is it gives two different reference points for what's happening. So, like, there are times when you, when, like, it's very much a co-lead movie, Mm -hmm. but it does it in a way where, like, you're watching these two characters sort of from their own perspective going through it, and it overlaps a lot, but, like, it has sort of a different vibe when it's coming from the different characters. Yeah, it definitely does. And so what that does is that, like, it makes... Like, when it's, an and- when it's Andy Samberg's movie, it's a story about, like, this guy just sort of, like, stuck in loneliness and despair until, like, this other person comes into his life. And he can, like, sort of, like, that's something he can, like, latch on And he kind of, like, you know, comes alive again, sort of. Um, and, like, he's going through his own journey there. Uh, Sarah's story is, like, it's basically the hero's journey where, like, uh, Niles, the Andy Samberg character, is, like, the person who she meets as she's like giving and rejecting and then accepting the call to adventure and then eventually becoming the, like the master of both worlds and finding a way to defeat their problem and then escape with both of them.
1: Like it really is like, it's a pretty brilliant movie. Yeah. Um, it is a brilliant movie wrapped up in a lot of like a Lonely Island goofiness.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is it does all that stuff and is genuinely emotional and is super funny. It's super duper funny. The soundtrack like is great. Like every song on that soundtrack is a jam.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Now here is my only, here is my only problem is that once they figure out how to do it or maybe how to get out of it, they, they leave,
0: um, what's his name? Uh, Did you not watch through the end of the credits?
1: Oh, no, I guess I must not have.
0: Oh, uh, they do not. Um, Like, in the last day... Again, we're going, like, end of movie spoilers here, but, you know, skip ahead if you haven't watched the movie and it isn't already ruined for you. In, the like, the montage of what she's doing on her last day, she calls Roy, who's the J.K. Simmons character, and leaves him a voicemail. And we don't hear what that voicemail is, and we don't actually know that she's calling Roy. But then in, like, a mid credit sequence we have a moment where he shows up at the wedding that they've been stuck in the whole time. And he catches Andy Samberg's character, Niles, and he's like, hey, like, I got the message. Do you think this is actually going to work? But in that moment, uh, Niles is like wearing a tuxedo and like is clearly in the, like the default version of that day and does not know who Roy is. Oh. And so Roy then knows that the method can work. But it did and work. We, we can assume like he gets out later.
1: Got it. No, yeah, no, I I missed that. Okay, awesome. Glad to hear it. That was my only beef with that whole movie.
0: Super great movie. And also, like, and this has been in, like, every article that has been written about this movie. Like, this is not a thought that is original to me. But, like, in a time when, like, every day feels like we are stuck in the same day over and over again, watching a movie about a time loop is very good. And also yeah. <laughs> because, like, the, like Niles and Sarah sort of are going through two different versions of, like... A, a time loop, right. Of, well, yeah, yes, yeah, but yeah. they're also going through two different versions of, like, a fantasy of, like, what good thing could possibly happen in a terrible situation, right? So, right. like, he is a character who is just, like, stuck in a rut and is just, like, helplessly lonely and, like, like, every day feels the same and as though, like, it will never change and he's given up on all hope. And then suddenly... Something, someone new comes into his life and, like, she, like, changes his life. They become best friends and then fall in love. And then she helps him out and, like, he can go back. He can, like, get his life back on track, right? And then she goes through, like, a totally different version of that where, like, she is stuck and she is able to, like, use her time to, like, grow as a person, like, like you know, get like, you know, academic intellectual goals and like learn quantum physics and then actually use the stuff that she has learned in her time in there to like save herself and move on with her life. And then they can go on with their lives together, but their lives together are better than they were before they were stuck in the time loop. And as someone who feels like they are stuck in the time loop, it is very nice to see that that sort of thing can happen, at least in a movie. Yeah, dude. Hey, you're doing stuff. You losing weight. You're baking bread. You're crushing it. Anyway, it was an extremely good movie. I watched it. I went for a walk. Later that night, I'm like, man, what do I want to do tonight? I think I want to watch Palm Springs again. So I just watched it again and then went for another walk and then went to bed at like 1.30 in the morning. It was a weird day. The only movie I've ever
1: done that with was Fifth Element. I finished watching Fifth Element for the first time, and I said to myself, you know what we should do? It's me and my buddy Greg. So what should we do? We're like, dude, let's just watch Fifth Element again. And then we did that. It was great.
0: Anyway, I don't know a lot about movies, but I really liked that one, and I wanted to talk about it. So what is our fourth star of the week, Dave?
1: So, man, our fourth star of the week is we are uh, continuing from last summer, The Great Purge, The Great Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up Purge, and we are we're really close to the end of it. But we did a big reorganization today. Which is very cool. We moved our bookshelves. Which,
0: if you've never been to my deal. house...
1: Which, yeah, it would be weird if you had been to my house. If you're not mom or dad or Matt. Or like producer Mark. Uh, I have a
0: lot of books. Like a lot. Yes, yeah, so you have a lot of books. And you do not have the benefit that I do of having a library cart in your home. That is correct.
1: So, um... I think I counted it once. We've got like a few, I mean, it's not gigantic. We have like a few thousand volumes. Mm -hmm. So, but still substantial. So we moved them all out of uh, one room and into a hallway and it really opened up the room. And now that room is set up with all of the kids' like toy stuff. They've got a little toy kitchen and a toy washer and dryer from UMAT and... Uh, they've got like toy versions of grown up stuff, which is what kids love to do. Right. And now it's all in this one room. And my house feels a lot more like open and cleaner. And I really
0: dig it. Dude, that's great. That's, I the, like reorganizing. It is great. That's the whole star, man. <laughs> dude, reorganizing is great. You know what I watched last night? I watched a video of uh, somebody from like the New York Times cooking channel, YouTube channel just like going to um, an ex Bon Appetit person's house and totally reorganizing their refrigerator. And I was like, oh, if there was a series where like, and I tried to find that. I don't think there is a series, but like if there was a series where all it was was this woman going to people's kitchens and reorganizing their refrigerators, I would watch 10 hours of that. (laughs) Like it was beautiful. Gave me a lot of ideas too. You know, they make like, there's, like, stuff that you can buy to, like, reorganize your refrigerator, which, I, which feels like it should be obvious, but it kind of never occurred to me before. Yeah, I actually did not know that at all. She put a Lazy Susan in the refrigerator for condiments. Brilliant. It was genius. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, of course it does make sense. There's stuff
1: to organize everything, but it right. did never occur to me expressly that there was stuff for your refrigerator. Matt, what is our fifth and final star of the week?
0: Um, hmm. Our fifth and final star of the week. I am looking at the notes. And there is a big blank spot where there should be a fifth and final star of the week. Um, Because. Yeah,
1: man. Awesome. I just, dude.
0: It's Okay, here's a fifth star of the week. We were talking to producer Mark earlier. He and his wife Holly are making dice. Like role-playing game dice at home. And, they've, and they're doing a great job. I saw pictures of them and they look beautiful. That, that's what our stars yes. are now. Our stars are now telling you things that our, like, close friends have done. Because it's so <laughs> impossible to do things anymore that, like, the only thing that we can rely on is, like, maybe someone we know did something. And that's, and he did.
1: not And he made these really cool dice. Uh, he, Mark, you should send a picture to Matt and he'll post it up on Twitter. Uh, they're, oh, they're Mark totally put his, his on
0: his Twitter uh, hours ago.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you could also put them on R2. Anyways, the point is, he made dice. It's super dope that he did it. Very
0: exciting. It's so weird that you can just make stuff. Like, stuff that doesn't seem like it, you can make it, but you can. And it's weird when it happens. It is
1: weird. Well, because here's the thing, Matt. Um, Everything that exists that was made was made by somebody.
0: Right. But it seems like there's... I mean, this so, is the same sort of mental journey that I went in, went through with bread. It was like, well, sure, someone makes bread. But the person who makes bread is a baker. And I'm not a baker, so I can't make bread because I don't have the knowledge that a baker has. Um, but, like, the idea that that knowledge exists and can be acquired was kind of a bridge too far for me. <laughs> <laughs> and for something like, you know, molding your own polyhedral dice... Like, that is, like, a step beyond that. Like, you need equipment. They have, like, a like a pressure chamber that they do it in. It's a whole thing. It is, but it's a very cool thing. Very cool thing. And they, and they did make them. Yes. So that's the fifth star of the week, folks. The stars are difficult, but they're very rewarding, and we hope that you enjoy them as much as we hope that you enjoy this next segment of the show, where we talk about episode 17 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called Too Cool, the Awesome Super Miko. Written by Naruhisa Arakawa. original air date June 8th, 1997. You can watch along either with the DVDs or on Shout Factory's website where they are all streaming for free. I recommend you do so. This is a fun episode in a great location. It's a location shoot, guys. And you know what that means. And if you don't know what that means, I'll remind you when we are right back. Okay, welcome back to the Super Sentai Brothers podcast, episode 17. Dave, the show hasn't had a clunker yet.
1: There Astonishingly, they
0: have There have been, there have have been stronger and weaker episodes, you know, like not all of them have been the best episode of the show I've ever seen. Um, And like, maybe they're not doing no. as good of a job as like Jetman did of setting up like overarching character arcs and plots and stuff like that. But each individual episode has been really good. Dude, I actually don't know that
1: that's true. Um, Well, we'll we'll just get into it, because I feel like this is a really, really strong character episode. So so we open up. We're on the open road. We're on our way out to the country.
0: So it's fun. Because we...
1: Um, Remember dude,
0: song? have you listened, have you listened to any canned heat recently? Uh, I have listened to that song in the last few months, but not other than that. Uh,
1: do, do yourself a favor and go back and get into a little bit more of their back catalog. Yeah. Like obviously, yeah, obviously their hits are their hits for a reason. Like they are, uh, you know, their their top tier of songs, but, uh, they're, they're pretty good anyways. Anyways. So they're so, going up the country. They're going up country, <laughs> and uh, I may be influenced by the fact that Dad really likes canned heat. Anyways, so um, or maybe Dad likes up. canned
0: heat because canned heat is good. It's another well. Thought. It's another angle. Good you know. point, Matt. Good it's point. Real chicken or egg, but it's a Dad canned heat situation, right. <laughs> which came first. Anyway, <laughs> so they're in the bus so, and they're
1: driving. Miku- so there's only one. There's only one of two ways this is going to go. Because anytime they're not in the city, they're either just like out in deep country, mm-hmm. like out in like rural Japan, or they're going to Rindo Lake. Rindo Lake Rindo Family Lake, Family, Fun, Family Fun, Farm. Fun Farm. Yes. And it is the latter. And I'm very excited because every year there is a Rindo Lake episode. I feel like they have got, they've got to have like a promotional. It like Rindo Lake be. has to pay
0: them. They must pay them because it's not just a setting that they use every year. It's that when they do the Rindo Lake episodes, like this episode is straight up a commercial for Rindo Lake. Like when they, yeah, like there was an episode. There's a very good episode <laughs> happening. Yeah, but like it's happening inside a commercial for Rindo Lake Family Fun Farm. Like, like <laughs> there is a bit in it this where is... Miku is just like in a montage of the many delightful attractions of Rindo Lake, this like calling AD them is the out most... one at a time
1: the most blatant year that it's, this is the most commercially year as seen through like the
0: eyes of Miku. So they're all on the bus. Miku Kenta's hair is long enough that he can slick it back again.
1: I was going to say, he did did something with his hair. So uh, Miku pulls out, everybody's on the, like all the seniors, because they're on their senior trip is what's going on. And man, uh, let me tell you, every great once in a while, I take kids on field trips. Do not love it do
0: not love going on field trips. Yeah, but kids do. I did. Yeah, they do. I love field trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not as much as Miku loves Rindo Lake, which seems to be more than anything. She has written a song.
1: She has. uh, I'm assuming because it's got to be to the tune of something else. Because she has. This is the wildest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. It's like a handheld karaoke machine. So it's like a microphone and a speaker but also, this is in
0: 1996 or right. something? So it's like they cut a boombox in half, plugged a microphone into it, and put a handle on the back, and that's what it is. It's a little sleeker than that, but like size-wise, this is definitely like... Would you say that this thing overall is bigger or smaller than like a Hulk hand? Like I would say it's hand?
1: marginally... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's bigger along certain dimensions. Sure. Anyways, uh, she's like, Miku says, like, I'm going to sing a song. And astonishingly,
0: everybody but the Rangers is excited about this. Like, they all want to hear this song. Well, everyone, but, like, the Rangers hang out with Miku all the time. I feel like Miku's coming in here with a lot of energy, and they're already... Like, they already... Like, Miku has a lot of energy, which is great. She's a wonderful character. But, like... You know, you've got that friend who, like, is very, very energetic, and you have calibrated yourself to let though that degree of energy sort of roll over you. Uh, but if they ever turn it up, like, it's very difficult to deal with. I think that Miku is that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, at first, they're seeing something about the Nasu Highlands, and I was like, man, this is really weird, because this feels like the setup for the Rindo Lake episode, and then she's like, it's Rindo Lake! Like, the Nasu Highlands at Rindo Lake. I was like, ah, of course. Nope, this totally makes sense. Uh, Shun is annoyed. He is Shun is embodying the vibe that Matt just put out there. He's like... Miku oh my gosh Everyone's like She's kind of always like this And he's like No 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 But like we're on a trip So we can't get away from her Like this is just a lot uh, The worst teacher Their physics teacher Is there with them I mean and he's a good teacher his, his heart's good He knows physics his... We Not assume he's a teacher maybe I actually, maybe, but... I actually no, don't remember know have any evidence That
0: he Remember in the episode When he was introduced He actually like Did a bunch of science To figure out What that like Energy source That took the form of a giant d4 was
1: oh yeah 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 that's true
0: but of course this was the guy who volunteered to like lead the field trip he doesn't want to be in the school building like he also doesn't want to deal with chaperoning a field trip but once he's out of the school there's no one to tell him that he has to so he's just going this is just a vacation for him so they arrive at the hotel Miku, like, barrels out of the bus, runs in, like, is the first in line to get her room keys. Uh, Chisato has, like, grabbed Miku's bag, because Miku was in such a rush that she just didn't even grab her own luggage.
1: Yeah, this is where we get a really heavy commercial element. Like, she runs in and she's like, Sugoi! Look at the lobby! It's so huge! And then, like, she, they open the room and she does, like, a quick tour as though she's, like, the bellhop of yeah. the room. She's like, look at these wonderful accommodations! Oh, the bed is so soft!
0: <laughs> she, looks at the, um, she looks at the alarm clock next to the bed, realizes it is 10.24 a.m. and that they are late for some sort of, like, meeting. Or will be late if they don't leave immediately. She yeah. rushes out, kind of like knocks so, over Chisato on the way. Chisato is very put upon in the first 10 minutes of this episode.
1: She is. She is. So then they are, like, Miku is just totally strict about Rindo Lake. And then this is where we get a little
0: bit more commercial. She's like sort of like running around. Oh, we can go on the tram or the paddle boats or we can walk down this nice set of stairs that has flowers on it there's a lake there are fountains in the lake what could possibly be better than rindo lake this reminds me
1: i don't know if you were here for this conversation matt when katie was visiting our sister katie lives in japan and she teaches english and she was telling us that there is a resort near fairly near where she lives which is just outside tokyo and they have constructed like a british country village That sounds like, pleasant. out of whole cloth Yeah, no, they have constructed a British village. Like, they brought in, like, British craftsmen to do, like, wattle and Daub fencing. And, like, they imported thatch from England. Like, no, like, they full-on recreated this thing. And it's like a resort, and you can go there. It's not like Pilgrim Plantation, where, like, they have period actors or whatever. It's just the buildings, but I guess they take their, like their senior English students there. It's like, you learned English. Welcome to the English village. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think it's like such a wild idea that you would just create out of nothing an entire village of, from a different country. So anyways, they've run through all of this stuff. I literally, this is not a joke, Matt. It took me a half second to recognize Kuichiru because he's not in his school uniform. Yeah, it's weird. Like it like just a beat I was like who is that? And I was like oh, it's Kuichiru. Why didn't I Oh, cuz he's not in his
0: uniform. So uh... so the the <laughs> montage of things that Miku loves at Rindo Lake ends with her being really into having a cone of ice cream. And you know, a cone of ice cream the way that everyone uh, phrases that particular food I- item. Uh, mm-hmm. She's eating a uh, a, a conical ice cream And she like throws her arms out In like pure joy And just mashes this ice cream cone Into Chisato's face <laughs> uh, Chisato is not happy Like she is wiping the ice cream off Miku says Oh I'm so sorry As an apology I will take all of your pictures But she leans back too far Against a fence And is about to fall into the lake Holding Chisato's uh, expensive camera Shusato, like, runs over, jumps up, standing on top of the rail that uh, Miku is leaning over. I really dug this moment (laughs) because it was, like, a sort of superhero
1: moment. Like, Shusato is clearly activating some, like, advanced reflexes
0: to save her camera. Yeah, I was going to say, to save her camera. Because when she does this, she does not grab Miku. Miku is grabbed because she is holding the other side of the camera. But Chisato is there to grab her camera and make sure it doesn't get wet. Chisato gets yes. saved incidentally. I'm sorry, Miku gets no, saved. No, Miku
1: gets saved. Right.
0: Chisato actually doesn't, because as soon as Miku and the camera are safe, she loses her balance on the railing and falls into the lake.
1: Yes. So she goes to the first aid. She gets some dry clothes. She's got a bit of a cold. She's feeling poorly. Miku is super duper sorry.
0: Yeah, but oh, and they've all, all the lunch are there at this point. They all missed lunch, lunch which was,
1: and the lunch was Korean barbecue. So Kent is really upset. So right. basically, everybody is kind of mad except Kuichu, doesn't really have a
0: reason to. But everybody has a reason to be mad at at Miku. Right, and I think it's Chizato says like this could this day could not possibly get worse, even if the nazare arrive. Which of course means that immediately Q. their digitizers start ringing, and Doctor Kubota's is like, hey. Uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. You want to test that theory? Definitely.
1: Definitely some Neziré energy around. Like, you go check it out. Um, so Miku's like, no, we're on our senior trip. And Kubota says, I could not care less about that. And then when she looks up from, everybody else is already gone. Right. They're on the mission. So, so they've
0: already henched, They arrive. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm skipping a, a crucial moment because this yeah. weirdly... It's not a Dr. Hinalar episode, it's not a Uganda Uganda episode, and it's not a Shibulina episode. It's,
1: I feel like it is a, I feel like this is a Hinalar plan.
0: Yeah, I guess, but it's mostly being executed by BBDB. Weirdly. Which is weird. Also weirdly, yes, like, yeah. I, I barely think of BBDB as a character at this point in the show. I don't know, maybe we get a lot more BBDB as this show progresses. Um and he does not seem like any really more of a
1: character than he already did um yeah it's a weird call. I think the only reason that they had BBDB do it is because he has like a degree of of like recognizable incompetence' Cause, okay well here's okay, so here's what's about to happen there's ten thousand toad Nazare eggs in the lake at Rindo Lake, which feels like a lot. That's an unsettling number of like just the phrase ten thousand eggs I'm not sure why, but it's too many. Oh sure. And so yeah. And so here's the deal. So BBDB has like two. He's got two guns. guns. He's a two gun kid. He with like fluid in them and he's like I'm gonna hatch the energy fluid. He's like, I'm gonna hatch all these eggs at once. And then the rangers show up, they're like, what are you doing? And he's just like, don't even mess with me. I'm the ultimate life form of Nazare science, which seems extremely unlikely. And then he's like, I brought a gun. And then
0: Pink just grabs him <laughs> right? because she shows up late. Yeah, she shows up late, so she kind of like walks in behind where he's floating. And he's like the size of a volleyball, so she she just grabs him out of the air. And in his sort of scramble to get away, instead of shooting her with the blue gun, which she has which he has brought to, like, attack people, he shoots her with the red gun, which is the one that he was going to use to activate all of the Toad Nazare eggs. Now, this has this does have an effect on her. Like, she sort of yes. falls over. All of the, like, the, the Mega Ranger costumes have these, like, color blocks that go across the chest. Like, mm-hmm. one for each color of the various Mega Rangers. Um, all of those turn gold. She falls over. And BBDB, like, after a moment, gets out of there. But in so doing, drops both of his guns. He drops the red one in the lake, and he drops the blue one sort of on the shore.
1: Yes. He's good So Miku, yeah. So we, we go back, and they're in. everybody's in uh, Miku and Shusato's room. Miku is kind of, like, out. And they're talking to Dr. Kubota, and they're like, there was a fluid we don't really know. And then all of a sudden, Miku wakes up. She sort of, like, sits straight up, takes her covers off, kind of ties her hair up. Aeon has a, has a complete character shift. And I actually give a lot of credit to the actress here. This is like, she's almost playing like a totally different person. Yeah. It's well, really I mean, great.
0: She's almost playing Kuichiru.
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's a good point. And so all of a sudden, she's like super serious. And she is extremely competent. She's like answering
0: questions and be like, right. hey, it's like, did we it's, go
1: check out the lake? Did we do like X or Y or Z?
0: It's like previously... She had limits, but now she's like, I don't know, limitless or something. This is a joke about the Bradley Cooper movie, Limitless. Uh, You know, I was... Which I have never seen and only know in context of like extended comedy bang bang bits uh, from that podcast. So I'm going to try to not make a lot of limitless jokes. But if you have listened to the comedy bang bang, please know that I will be struggling the entire episode to not just call her limitless Lucy. Anyway, cuz she's also kind of a Lucy.
1: Anyways, from the movie she Lucy. She is
0: kind of a Lucy, that's true.
1: Uh, you know, I did go back and watch Lucy. It was not great actually. Like all of like the cool fo- there's like all the cool action sequences, like you kind of saw most of them in the trailer mm-hmm. and then it just got very weird.
0: Uh, anyways so what like what has happened we find out pretty quickly is that like basically like her entire you know that thing where everyone used to say like you only use 10 percent of your brain and she's like ah now i'm using my entire brain and also my entire body she's like she's also deathstroke she is deathstroke and limitless and lucy basically so that's what that's what super miku is
1: what the red energy is, is it was the energy that was going to mature and hatch all of these toad eggs. Mm-hmm. It's like a super growth development evolution energy yeah, which, that was supposed to turn eggs into monsters. We find it that it out a little her. later
0: in the episode, but that is what's happening. Oh, also when the gun fell into the lake, it went off, but it only hit one of the eggs. So one of the toad nesores has hatched or will be yeah. hatching shortly. Uh, by the way, um, Kuichiru—like everyone notices the difference in her. Kenta is annoyed because now she is like telling him he has to do work. Kuichiru is super into the new uh, Miku.
1: Yeah, Shun is also pretty into it. Shisato is dubious at best. Yeah. So um, we jump in. Uh, Shibalina's on it. She's like trying to salvage the situation, and the Nezare and Toad Nezare is born. I dig his look. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a big toad he's a, man. He's a battle toad. He's just a battle toad. He's a battle toad. I have sort of a soft spot based on uh, the Jade Empire's uh, skill tree where you could learn to summon those like giant demon toads. And then oh, also yeah. battle toads. I've got kind of a weird soft spot for like big toad, like wear toads effectively. Like I just think they're cool. And that's what Toad Nazare is. And I do think he's got a cool look. Yeah. So he says... The other eggs are still there. Right. They didn't get destroyed. And Toad Nazare has a gun. This is what Shibeline is saying. She says, Toad Nazare has the gun. Like, he has his own copy of it somehow. Well, no, it's that he
0: has the red gun, but it's out of ammo. Oh,
1: that's what it is. But, like,
0: when the eggs... Like, the ammo was derived from something inside the eggs as they hatched normally. So once the first one or two of the eggs hatch... He'll be able to harvest, like, the egg fluid, like, around or it, and then convert that back into the energy of the gun, and then use it to do, like, a mass hatching, and, and they can sort of, like, start the plan over from there.
1: Yeah. But, like, the plan is good. Uh, there was a little bit of exposition with, like, the rangers were sort of, like, su- Miku really was, like, sussing all of this out, like, with her super brain now, and then they just show up. Yeah. So Miku uh, is in the lead, like she's in the Red Ranger spot. She's right in the middle, and she does the like slow approach walk, like totally, totally dominating the situation. It's great. Shibalina calls him Kune Kune, and they fight, and then uh, Miku basically solos this whole fight. Yes, the other Rangers are busy with the Kune Kune, and she's like, "Wait a minute, something isn't right!" And she runs to the edge of the lake, does a telephone search, realizes that there's all these eggs down in the bottom. Calls the other rangers over and is like, shoot every... Like, basically
0: blast the bejesus
1: out of this lake. Right.
0: Now, Toad Nezere hates this. Because, like, he's like, you just killed 10,000 of my brothers, dude. Like, that is not a thing that I love. Me, a toad monster. Um... There's more fighting. There there gets to be this bit where Miku is facing off against Toad alone. Like, they've, like, jumped further away. It takes everybody else a while for them to get there. Um, but Miku is, like, using her limitless brain to hack into the Mega Ranger power grid and summon everybody else's weapons. So she's, like, summoning the Drill Saber to defeat... Uh, Toad Nazarene, like, goes through all the other weapons, and everyone's cheering her on, like, oh my gosh, Miku, you're amazing. <laughs> they are a little bit like, how did you even do that? Like, how do- when when did you get my Drill Saber? Dave, she doesn't have limits anymore. Uh, anyway, she wins. She is about to completely destroy Toad Nazarene, but Shivalina shows up and is like, I, like, we're still going to try to do something here. I got to save this idiot monster. We're out of here. They leave. Everyone cheers. Yeah.
1: So what we get then is like a handful of scenes where we are seeing, does Miku have any limits? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Her, just her none, IQ? None whatsoever. Her IQ is 800. Her IQ, she does this test, it's 800. Which is um, a com- like a genuinely comedic number. Like that's...
0: <laughs> oh yeah. She's a real <laughs> like, Marilyn Vos Savant.
1: There's just no... um, Uh, You can't possibly norm reference a scale. It would be totally... It would be completely unreliable. Like, you have no
0: way to judge that. Uh, She plays tennis with them and, like, hits the tennis ball so hard that it knocks the tennis racket out of Kenta's hand. And then the tennis ball is still going fast enough that it, like, buries itself into the hill behind them.
1: So there is a quick moment where... While she's doing the IQ test, they're like they're like looking at the problem that she's trying to do, and Shun says it's a PhD level problem. Even I can't solve that, which is just like a bit. That's like a bizarre statement from Shun, especially given what he has said about himself in the previous episode where they're at the super smart school. It's just like. He- of course you can't solve a PhD level problem. You're like seven you're in high school. Like you're seventeen. Oh, okay. Like that would
0: be absurd. I, I think maybe the reason they put that line in is that in the previous episode he he they did say that he was solving like either college or graduate level coursework. Like when they were all sitting in that room doing work for Al Meseray. Oh, and so they did? okay, and so all right, and so all right, like, all right. Maybe he has like master's degree science brain, but like this is PhD level work, and that's even beyond Shun.
1: Whoa! Crazy. Oh, by the way, at this point, Miku so, has
0: started referring to herself as Super Miku. That is not just the title of the oh, episode; yeah. she is now Super Miku.
1: I mean, wouldn't you? So I might when they're done doing. When well, you I feel like Super Matt would be a better Super Miku would be a real weird pull. So they're in the like the locker room cleaning up after this tennis match, and it's Chisato and Miku, and Miku has these like two mega yellow, mega pink like chibi stuffies that she has made. I yeah, guess she just made
0: it like quick sewed up a couple of plush dolls,
1: and Chisato is like did you make those and Miku's like listen man I know that like I am kind of a, a she doesn't say ditz but like she's like I know I'm kind of a ditz and like I cause trouble sometimes but like you guys are my best friends and like I care about you so much and Shisato says like oh my gosh like you're incredible like like like,
0: like Super Miku rules thank you Super Miku yeah.
1: so um then we see Miku has this, like, it's real quick, but she has this, like, spasm, kind of, and she Sante notices it, but Miku says, like, no, 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 it's, it's nothing. Like, don't even worry about it. And then they leave.
0: Yeah. They meet up with the guys. They're going out for a walk. The guys are like, man, like, suddenly we are very thirsty. Super Miku, of course, has anticipated their thirst and brought beverages along uh, with her superhuman brain. She remembered that Love people it. like to drink things. Um... Hands them off. (laughs) Everyone's like, dude, Super Miku, on it, 100% of the time. The best person we've ever met. Thank you so much for existing, Super Miku. She gets another flash, like, you know, sort of like pain flash. She's like, okay, I'm going to step away from you guys. I just need to run over there for a few minutes. Um, she
1: Sato follows her. Right. Into the bathroom,
0: where Miku is having,
1: like, very obviously having another, like, really intense episode. Right. Whatever this, whatever this problem is.
0: She's having a super science headache. It's not a regular yeah.
1: headache. And she's not just like, are you okay? And he goes like, yes, of course, I'm fine. They go back to their room. Dr. Kubota calls in. And he says, we figured we figured it out. The red fluid is the thing that we said it was earlier. It's this, like, super evolution fluid. Yeah. It's a crazy stimulant as well. And the the blue fluid would somehow... Like, stop it or reverse it or slow it down. Yeah. And Shisanto's like, oh, great. Like, that would be, that would be very good. And Kabuto says, like, why? Was there a side effect? And Miku says, absolutely not. There was no side effect. I'm, hun- I'm super Miku. Everything is rad. Totally cool. Then there's an earthquake. And we found out that Toad is using his weird red energy gun to, like, stimulate the
0: v- volcano? Yeah, he's trying to trigger a volcano to destroy them all, to get revenge for his 10,000 brothers who were all killed in the bottom of the lake. Which, like, like, I don't want him to do it, but I get it. Um, Yeah, that's, that's a reasonable motivation. So, as Chisato is like, okay, cool, we're gonna go, we're gonna beat him, we're gonna get the blue gun, we're gonna figure all this out, Miku just runs back to her hotel room and, like, shuts the door when Chisato tries to come in. Or rather, she's gonna push her out of the room in a minute. Yep. was like, Miku, what are you doing? Like, we have to go fight the monster. Miku says, You guys go deal with this one without me. You'll be fine. I need to stay away because if I get hit with the blue gun, I'll go back to being regular Miku. And Chisato's like, well, this is where Yeah, sure, that's fine. Like wh- whatever, we gotta go fight the monster. And Miku's like, no. Yeah. Like, I do not like I do not want to go back to being regular Miku.
1: Yeah. And this is where the episode like this is where the episode really starts to get yeah get very, very good. Because Chisanto is like, like, what are you talking about? Like you are in danger, like you might die. And Miku says, Dude, you said it yourself. Like, all I do is get into trouble and you said that you like Super Miku better. And like, I like I care about you guys and I only want to be Super Miku from now on. Like it is not worth it to
0: to risk it, to go back to being regular Miku. Like, I won't do it. You can't make it. Right, ready. like it might cause me pain um, and kill me, but like I am at the top of my game and until this like destroys me, I refuse to give up being Super Miku because Super Miku is like so much better for you guys.
1: Yeah, oh man. And I, I just like, I hope, We're I don't know if we're really giving full uh, shrift to like, how great a performance this is. Like, she is really um it's a really powerful performance because you can see, you know, like Shun and Kuchiru and and Shisato, and I think this is what I was I was gonna talk about before when we were leading up to this scene, about like uh, comparing to Jetman. Like, are they building in these long term character arcs? And I really think they are. And it's different, and it looks different because they're in high school rather than right. than jetmen. But you know, in the context of the Rangers, Kenta is, I guess, the Red Ranger. But he is like the least Red Ranger-y Red Ranger so far. Like he is not. He's made even fewer moves than. Um... Oh shoot! Who's the Red Ranger from? Ah, oh, Ranger?
0: Oh, um, um uh, Sasuke, right?
1: Sasuke, thank you. Uh, Like, he's made even fewer moves than Sasuke toward being the captain of this team.
0: Although, interestingly, I feel like Kenta is kind of a new mold for Red Rangers that we're going to continue to see in future seasons. Hmm, interesting. I feel like a modern Red Ranger looks a lot more like Kenta than it does like Ryu. Ryu or
1: something. Okay, interesting, interesting. And and so we've got this dynamic where, like, Shun and Kuchu and Shisato are varying degrees of serious, but all very competent. Right. Like, they're very good at the thing that they do. And then there's Kenta and Miku. And Kenta is good at video games. And Miku is doesn't seem to really be good at anything, well, Okay, so, like,
0: Kenta is sort of an idiot savant, right? Like, he's very bad at almost everything but video games. And for what, like, because of the nature of this show being good at video games also means that he's good at being a Mega Ranger because that's how the Mega Ranger program was designed. And Miku, it's not like... Miku is a smart person, you know? Like, Miku was already in the, like, Honors Club friend group because she was sort of, like, on that level. But she doesn't have the same sort of, like, motivation along those lines that the other three do. And she also doesn't have that, like, weird Kenta X-Factor... So, like, she brings a lot to the table, but a lot of what she brings to the table is, like, a little inspecific um, in a way that, like, uh, like frankly, like, I uh, identify with that a lot.
1: I think the—got weirdly deep there, Matt.
0: Hey, man. Having have a weird a week. Role- it's a good episode, uh, it's though. It's a
1: weird week. It's a raw episode. Well, and here's the thing that I think is really good, is that it would have been very easy to just sort of narratively to leave Miku at, at that spot. But what this episode shows us is that Miku is very self-aware about occupying that space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really lends narrative power to the episode. That, like, now, all of a sudden, we know that over the past 16 episodes what we have been seeing is not a Miku that is sort of like blithely like rolling along we have been seeing a Miku that has been like secretly harboring this concern about her uh, relationship and interactions with the rest of the Rangers right
0: not just as a superhero team but like as a friend group and frankly this isn't the first time we've seen this sort of thing Like, in in the previous Miku-heavy episode, where it was very, like, you know, she just got very frank about how she kind of doesn't know what she wants to do with her future. And, like, she's smart, but she doesn't feel, like, led to follow the sort of career path that that intelligence would necessarily, Mm -hmm. like, lead her down. You know, like, and that maybe is why she's been sort of leaning into her sort of, like, fun-loving, more sort of, like, kenta Leaning side of her personality, you know. So, like, we've kind of been seeing it play out the whole season, but this episode really brings it into focus in a cool way.
1: It is. It's just. It's a really, really good episode. We used to have jokes on this
0: show. There, there was. Listen, we used to. I'm not upset that we are like, like, genuinely talking about how much we like this well constructed TV show. Every once in a while, like, I feel like. There used to be jokes, and that I can't remember how to put them at the show anymore.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, Matt. Well, we'll
0: we'll get back to jokes times later. We used to have running gags. Be... I used to sing "On the Wings of Love." It was great.
1: Well, Matt, there's nothing. There's nothing stopping you. I should say that.
0: Well, I mean, it's not thematic for the season. Maybe I'll find a way to work it in. Anyway,
1: okay. Where are so, we? <laughs> um. So Chisanto is just like, listen, I, I actually cannot deal with this. Like I would love to, but there is an active toad monster creating a volcano, so like I have to go. So they run out, they're all Henshin, they go to fight Toad Nazareth, and, and it it goes really poorly. Sure. Like they are getting blasted, and what they and then we're like flashing back and Miku is hearing them over her her calm changer, her Henshin device. I can't remember uh, what it's digitizer. called all of a sudden.
0: Thank you. I, I actually, in my notes, I have it written as Mega Changer because I think that that would be a very good name for it, and I forgot what the real name was. And then my
1: I... notes say Mega Changer too. <laughs> uh,
0: so and then I have it crossed out, and I wrote Digitizer because I actually remembered what it was. And they're doing very okay. bad, and she could hear it over the Digitizer.
1: And they are—they're narrating how badly it's going, but they are also saying, "Like, hey, Miku, do you hear how badly this is going? We need you here." And then there's other stuff like... Right. And again, it's a a
0: great way to construct this episode because they are just narrating the fight and making the subtext text, but they are doing it because they're telling someone who isn't in the scene information that they need to hear.
1: Yeah. Uh, They're like, I think Shisato says, you said you give us trouble, but we've never told you to stop. Like, Miku is Miku, whether you're super or not, like, you're our friend and we love you. Like, friends no matter what. Um... Which man, any time we get a like best friends forever, friends no matter what, power friendship moment in Sentai, and there's a lot of them. But Sure, it
0: happens I mean it's a it's a huge it's what the show is. It's what the show
1: is, um, but it's a great thing, and I always love it.
0: So Miku then... cries, she looks over and she sees like oh. the plush dolls that she had made for Chisato earlier and like And just starts running get... off towards the fight.
1: Right, we get the end credit song, which is just about the digitizer, which is weird. Uh, but then, it is weird. First of all, it is weird to me that she runs instead of just
0: henching and like cyber slidering because they're very fast. Right, whatever. you would think that if she had her like crazy limitless brain, that would have been her first thought. But whatever. Like the whole the whole limitless thing is kind of breaking down at this point because like it's yeah. kind of like she's having feedback from it. Right. So, Miku shows up. And then it's just like it's
1: a great it's a girl power fight like they get all the weapons like the dudes are just sort of I don't I don't get a clear reason as to why they're not in maybe they're just hurt
0: Oh yeah uh, so like Chisato and Miku they just throw their weapons to them and I think that like it it serves two purposes one it lets it be like a great Miku Chisato fight but also Miko and Chisato's weapons are both ranged weapons. So if you want to give them like a great melee fight using signature weapons, having Kenta like throw his drill saber over to Miku really sort of like just opens that up for you. And it's great. Yes,
1: it is. It is a killer. um, Yeah, it just works really well. So Friendship, they blast him. It's somewhere in there Miku like uses up the limitless energy demonstrating that it may in, is not in fact limitless li- or cause I don't think she gets blasted with the blue. No, energy. She never
0: does, which is weird. I think what it's trying to get across is that when they defeat Toad Nazare, like that breaks the power of it or something. Cause it, it coincides with that, but it's not really explained well, which is a yeah. shame because it's kind of like the one dangling thing from this episode, but whatever, it doesn't actually matter. Anyways, uh, things are back
1: to normal. Hooray. Uh, there's a giant fight. Like, Toad goes, and goes giant,
0: of course. Uh, and then things get just buck wild. Oh, yeah. So they're going in to have a fight as, you know, they, they summon Galaxy Mega. And Miku says, like, listen to me. I got this. But, of course, she is no longer Super Miku. She's just regular Miku, which is fine because it's still, you know, she's still one of the Mega Rangers. But right. now people are, like, second-guessing her again. Because, well, okay, what she suggests is that they use, like, the giant energy snake power that they have. Because this man is a giant toad, so of course his weakness would be giant snakes. Now, Dave, you may you may be saying, what giant energy snake power? I don't remember that ever yep. existing. Well,
1: it certainly didn't before just now. Because what they do is that the Mega Saber just turns into, like... A big old luminaries style like cartoon
0: like, energy hologram snake.
1: snake? Yeah, wow, so good this pull. Be... Thank you. I felt good when I said it. So, dude, have you ever actually have you gone back? The show is not good, but the opening sequence I stand pretty. F- I stand pretty firm in the opinion that like the opening sequence of like that particular era and vibe of of Saturday morning cartoon show is. Is unparalleled. Well, sure, because like, that's where... every single
0: one of those crushes. That's where the entire budget of the show went, was into the opening sequence. They're like, you need a killer opening sequence and a toy line, and everything else is secondary. Anyway, so this... Listen, the, it, was a, it was a solid model. The, the snake thing works. I, I am assuming that... I don't know... When she suggested it as is an issue, Shun reprogrammed the sword on the fly the same way that he reprogrammed their shield into a mirror a few episodes ago.
1: Now That would work. Well, anyways, it does turn into a giant snake, and Toad Nazare does freak out and try to, like, quickly hop away. <laughs> uh, this is, like, I don't think it's meant to be a visual gag, but the... The sight gag of a man in like a giant foam rubber toad costume just like quickly trying to like hurriedly slash frightened pop away. Uh it it's it's good comedy. Uh so then he just gets like mega slashed up. That's the end of Toad Neseray. And, and now the episode ends. They're they're chilling out, finishing their senior trip. They are at the pool.
0: Uh Kumichiru says that like he does specify, like, as a Mega Ranger. Like, not as her friend. He's, like, only as a Mega Ranger. Like, yeah, like, as a Mega Ranger, it's a little disappointing that we no longer have, like, an unbeatable super being on our team.
1: Yeah, I did note that everybody is in the pool except Shun. Shun is keeping that hair bone dry and perfectly clothed. I mean, of course. I thought that was a great touch. It's got great hair. And then, yeah, and then uh, Shisato shows up, and Miku shows up, and, like... There's some banter and, like, everybody's fine. And then Miku is, like, excited. And she accidentally punches Shisato in the face and, like, knocks her into the
0: pool. She does say, I am no longer Super Miku. I am now just Convenient Miku. (laughs) Which I don't know if (laughs) that's a weird translation thing, but it is an odd thing to call yourself. Uh, But, great episode. But, of course, that's the end of the episode, Dave. It's not the end of our episode. Because, as you know, I'm sure... Uh first we need to determine where Toad Nazaray lands in the creature royale. Okay so they, where where is Toad Nazaray on the list? Uh, is he number 1? Is he better than Jin the Demon Fist from uh, Die Ranger? No. Okay. Yeah, no he is not. Let's go a little, let's go a little further, Demon little fist, further I would down the list. Number 2, General Kamikaze, one of the three stooges from Die Ranger. A lot of good monsters in Die Ranger. Yeah, so the well first if four. are I really feel like you have to first four Die Ranger because the the 2, 3 and 4 are the uh all of the three students, of course, General Kamikaze, Teacher Telephone, and yeah. So I would say no, and I would say no. He is not Company President Tombstone. Okay. Uh, well, number five is Barrow Revenger. Barrow Revenger. I think was we good. can probably. Hop. You want to go down I think a little we can further? Probably,
1: yeah, I think we can keep. We can go down a bit. Okay. Well, we don't have any other frog monsters, and we don't have any other toad monsters, and we don't have any other evolution monsters.
0: We do have other Rindu Lake uh, Family Fun Farm monsters. Do we? Can we remember okay. which ones happened at Rindu Lake?
1: Uh, Tengu. No, Doctor Doctor Yagami was at Rindu Lake, but he's really more of a. Okay, Dr. Yagami is spot number twenty five, and he's he's not anywhere close to that. Okay. Okay, so here's what I dig about him. He's got a good look, good and I luck. Like, his motivation. like his motivation. I like his he vibe has a, that he's he like you killed my ten thousand motivation, 000.
0: which is unusual.
1: Right, I like that he's like, "You killed my ten thousand toad brothers,
0: and I'm I'm here for revenge." The the like the stimulant and degrading energy guns do not seem that is... necessarily tied to him as a monster. Those are sort of add-ons, but I think no, that the I energy mean,
1: it's like definitely part of yeah, his, his like thing energy... because it's out of the egg, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: like, so like those were an add-on, but like they're related at least. Right? No, I I am pretty actually into. Into it. okay, now, we do have another monster that tried to trigger a volcano. Who was that guy meteor from Conker Ranger? He was. Uh, Wasn't a meteor. No, remember he like he was like a minor fireman monster, uh, and he was like oh, setting geez. charges in the side of a mountain to like trigger trigger an explosion that would cause a volcano to destroy Tokyo. Do we have any way of remembering the Man, name I'd- of that monster so we can find them on this list?
1: Okay, well, hey, there's Barra Magma. He's at spot number 92, and I think he's cooler than that.
0: So... Okay. I'm going to say... Cooler than 92.
1: Cooler than 92. He's cooler than than Barra Magma. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, Barra Devil, Traffic Light Dimension. Kyle, I like him better than than a lot of these folks.
0: I think he is really cool. I, did, I just dig his thirst for revenge. I dig his thirst I'm for revenge, really into and it. that's why I think that the highest he can go is number 89 in the between Earring Priestess and uh, uh, Coachin Kozo, the Ghost Lantern Monster from Cocker Ranger, because I think that the Jewelry Priestess is... Have like they've also got that they like, have that same like sibling family. revenge yeah, vibe. sibling revenge vibe, but they okay. were like recurring I... characters, and each one of them was an individual thing. Okay,
1: I would say I like him better than I like him better than the slot machine monster. Okay. I don't think
0: I like him better than Bara Magma.
1: Bara Magma actually was was also pretty dope.
0: Okay. Well, do we want to slot him in at the new number uh, ninety-three between? Uh, I think that's uh, where he goes. and the Baramagma? Magma, magma, magma. There he is. There it is. That's how you say that word. Mm-hmm.
1: So slot number ninety-three. Toten,
0: has a very pretty good showing, bud. Pretty good, bud. Anyway, so that, folks, is the end of this here episode. Of the spy who loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, we'd like to remind you all you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Bros. If you like the show, that's great. And I'm very happy to hear it. If you would like to tell people that you like the show, either in person or on the podcatcher of your choice, please remember that, of course, that in the iTunes review section there are five stars. And if you give all of those to us, You and I will both feel good about it. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.